If you've listened to the Yoga Girl podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about TransferWise, a cheaper, faster way for people and businesses to send money internationally. But there is something unique about TransferWise that I haven't highlighted that much, and that's their empathetic approach. The team at TransferWise always treats you with respect and understanding. I think the best example of this is TransferWise's price comparison tool. By simply clicking compare price on the homepage, you'll instantly be able to see if TransferWise is actually the cheapest option for your transfer. If it isn't, they'll make sure to tell you what actually is. You can always get connected with a real life person if you need help or have any questions. And what's more, they actually listen to customer feedback. When customers said they wish they could convert different currencies on their own, well, TransferWise spent a long time developing their multi-currency account. It lets you hold over 40 different currencies and convert between them whenever you like. Over 5 million people are already saving with TransferWise. Want to see for yourself what makes TransferWise different? Test them out for free at transferwise.com yoga or download the app. Hello, you beautiful human being, you. Welcome to another episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I want to start off by saying that this is the absolute last week that you can actually pre-order my book because holy shit, next week my book is actually out. (laughs) I am feeling all sorts of emotions (laughs) around the fact that this baby of a book is going to finally be out into the world. But please, 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 if you haven't already, go pre-order the book. You can go to toloveandletgo.com, purchase the book. You can purchase it in any country in the whole world. And if you are somewhere in the U.S. and you want to meet me over the next coming weeks, I have some really fun book events coming up on the East Coast. And then I'm teaching yoga classes in Miami, Chicago, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. So come practice with me. Now to uh, kick off this podcast, oh my God, speaking from the heart, (laughs) I have had a very, very emotional couple of days. It's been, I have been all over the place, literally. I just finished a little crying session on my couch, literally right before (laughs) stepping into my office to record this show. So I'm feeling, you know, that feeling after you've had a good cry where you feel kind of tired and a little... (sighs) Yeah, you know, that after cry feeling. It's a good feeling, but it's also like a little bit heavy. So that's where I am where I am right now. A lot of things are happening, moving, shifting in my life. A lot of really amazing things. And then we are moving through some fairly challenging things when it comes to our local business here in Aruba, some personal stuff. So yeah, a lot going on. So how about all of us? Let's take a moment to wind down and just tune in. So if you have the ability right now to close your eyes, to sit down, maybe find a place where you know you can be undisturbed and just breathe for a few minutes, let's close the eyes. So whenever we have this, or whenever we drop into this practice of tuning in to feel, it helps if you're physically in a comfortable place where you don't have to hold on to anything, there's no doing involved. Easier to do this, of course, sitting down than if we're out walking or standing up. So find a comfortable place to sit where you can relax. And if you have this idea in your head that, you know, meditation has to be something very formal, we need to sit on a yoga mat or a meditation cushion, you have to have this long, rigid spine and breathe in a certain way, just let all of that go. 
Literally, anytime you drop into the practice of feeling what's moving inside of you, that is meditation. Anytime you direct your awareness away from the mind, away from the busyness of the doing of the day-to-day and drop into this place of just being, that is the practice. So it doesn't have to be this very formal thing that you do, you know, 20 minutes in the morning or once a day or twice a day, but it can be a practice that you come back to again and again and again and again. So closing the eyes, knowing that there's nothing that you have to change about the space that you're in right now. You don't have to, you know, if you're feeling like a mess of a human being, I am very much feeling like a mess of a human being right now, then let yourself feel like a mess. Show up fully in all the messiness that life has brought your way. And of course, if you're feeling structured and settled and calm, then show up with all of that as well. So the practice is whatever is already present, be here with that right now. And if you like, you can begin to bring some awareness to the breath. So just that very gentle, soft, subtle flow of the breath moving in through the nose and the breath moving out through the nose. And that's the practice right here, following the flow of air in through the nostrils. Notice what happens as the breath enters the body. And then follow the breath as it exits the body through the nose again. And take a few rounds of of breath just like that, being very, very present with the way the breath is flowing in and out of the body. And what happens in the body when we do that is immediately the shoulders drop a little bit. You might feel a softening of the chest, of your arms, your hands, your fists. See if you can bring some of that softening into your face as well. So letting your forehead relax, letting your jaw soften too. So speaking from the heart or feeling from the heart right now, what does it feel to show up as you are in this moment? Knowing there's nothing that needs fixing about where you are. There's nothing that needs changing about where you are. You don't have to try to get from this place to another place right now. You don't have to add anything to your life or to this moment. You don't have to build anything. You don't have to go anywhere. Right now, there's nothing to do but for you to be here now and just feeling what's unfolding inside of your heart. Let's take a few moments for that. And sometimes, immediately when we drop into this place of vulnerability, right, of a feeling what's there, If you've had something that you've been pushing away today, so something that you haven't been wanting to look at, maybe something challenging or maybe an emotion that you don't normally deal with all the time or that you don't actually have that practice of sitting with all the time. Usually what happens is that thing that's right at the surface, we're going to feel that a lot. And perhaps what's right at the surface right now is a sense of accomplishment. Maybe you're feeling a sense of joy or gratitude or pride for something that you've done today or something that has come your way just now. Maybe you're feeling just a little scattered or stressed or perhaps there's something heavy there, yeah? Some sadness, some frustration. Whatever is here, 
You can place your hands to your heart center, just palms of the hands onto the chest. Whatever is here, just be with that for a moment. Just breathe into that space for a moment. And just let everything be the way it already is. This is a beautifully challenging practice to allow things to unfold the way they already are. To accept our life situation for what it already is. To show up for this moment here now and accept it. Embrace it. Allow it. Oh, okay. This is what life brought me in this moment. Hmm. And then comes, so what do you want to do with that reality, right? First comes that realization and that acceptance of, okay, I am where I am. It is what it is. And if there's something about that reality that you're looking to change, yeah, maybe you want to leave, maybe you want to turn something around, maybe you want to bring something new into the space, Perhaps you're in the middle of something really hard and terrible and you want to really change that scenario and change that reality. Of course, you have the tools to do that. And all action comes from accepting where we are now and then deciding to make that change from there. So whenever we try to escape or deny where we are or whenever we deny our emotional state, when we tell everybody or we tell ourselves, oh, it's fine, everything's fine, it's fine, it's fine, Perhaps you have that broken record, you know, a lot of us have that practice of when someone asks us, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. What about when it's not? Yeah. What about what then? To actually change what isn't fine and get to a place where we are fine. We have to first acknowledge that we're not. Actually, I'm not okay right now. Actually, I'm moving through something that's really, really bothering me or something that's really not feeling okay. Okay, cool. Let's sit with that. Let's feel into that. Let's discover where that comes from. And then from that place, we can take action. So perhaps right now, inquiring within yourself, you know, what is present? And is there some form of change or action you want to take? And then what is that specifically? Let's take another few breaths, just feeling into that inquiry a little bit. What's here? And is there any sort of change or action that needs to be taken here now? And sometimes that action can literally be deciding to accept where we are. Maybe we have no control of what's coming our way. Okay, that's action too, right? That action of surrendering into the present moment, of letting go of some control, of trusting that, okay, it's hard right now, but life is taking me where I need to go. And if there's a change or an action I need to take, I have the tools to do it. Maybe that first step is asking for help, looking for support, bringing in all of our people, our angels, all the energetic, emotional, physical support that we need to actually take action. But Noticing and sensing into your own heart right now, you have the answer. You really do. So let's take another deep, full breath in. And open the mouth, let it go. So for me, speaking from the heart, <laughs> 
I am definitely in that place of feeling all the messiness of this life. I feel like uh, I come to this podcast often and I, I like to inquire astrologically, is something going on? Whenever I'm, I'm having a tough time in life or a tough day or a tough week, I always look for, okay, is there an astrological reason as to why everything is going to shit today? <laughs> Just because it's nice to have something to point to, right? It's nice to feel, and actually, I, I, that's what I like about astrology. It gives us a little bit of permission to let go and to, to surrender to the fact that we don't control everything. It's nice. I like the idea that the stars and the moons and the planets planets, the stars and the moon and the planets, that they are playing a part in what unfolds around us. I, I really like that. Anything that kind of gives me permission to soften a little bit and to, to let go, I really, really appreciate that. I'm having one of those weeks where just everything is accumulating, <laughs> um, you know, right before you're about to embark on some big project or some, uh, yeah, something big that's coming your way or a big trip or something like that. And I always have a really good intention of, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enter the space calm and organized and ordered. And I'm going to get everything put into place before I embark on this big thing so that I can do that without feeling stressed. And of course, life doesn't work that way. So never happens. <laughs> I always end up, you know, somehow it's like this time of year. I don't know if, what it's like for you, but this time of year, right around the end of summer, fall time, everything important that I feel like could have been kind of spread out throughout the whole year. Everything just happens at the same time. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, of course, autumn and fall time is this time when, when, you know, it's time to harvest. Everything comes into fruition. Springtime is when we plant the seeds. I don't know if it's an energetic thing, but no matter how hard we plan the coming, you know, the next year out, everything just always kind of happens around the same time, which makes it really intense and, and hectic. So if, of course, I have a, this big book tour I'm embarking on, I leave on Sunday with Dennis. We have our very first event this Monday in Manasquan, New Jersey. Then we have Boston. We have Ridgewood, New Jersey as well. Madison, Connecticut, Austin, Texas. A lot of really fun things that we're going to do. But I have this coming up on, on Sunday and then the book launches next week. So... What I would love to do right now is be home with my baby. We're going to be away from the baby for eight whole days. It's the longest time I've ever been away from her. So I would like to just be calm and spend as much quality time with her as possible. I'd like to, you know, pack and get the house in order and things like that. But instead, I have the culmination of a gazillion things happening at the same time. We're going through a lot. And normally, I don't talk a ton about these things that kind of where the line blurries a little bit between personal and business, but we're going through some challenges within our local business here in Aruba. And of course, for me and that is everything that's business related is very, very, very personal. So whenever we struggle in any way, it also becomes something that we take home. And I feel like Dennis and I talked about this in the last episode of the podcast when he, when he came on as a guest, but we have been having a tough time over the past two weeks to separate business from, from home especially, you know, and anyone who works with their spouse or with their partner or, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife knows the challenge of this. So whenever there's a challenge in the business, of course, that's what we end up talking about around the dinner table. That's what we end up, you know, going over in bed late at night. And it's just brought an added level of stress into our lives that we normally don't have because normally we are pretty good at having family time be family time. And now, we aren't seeing eye to eye on something really important, which is also really rare. 
And we are in this practice right now of trying really hard <laughs> to listen to each other and make a decision for our business where we are both heard, right? Where we both get to make this decision together. And we're just not 100% in alignment of what kind of action we want to take. Which I guess after having, you know, lived together, been together for a decade, worked together for the past, I guess, eight, yeah, seven, eight years, that we very rarely have moments like this where we really just don't see eye to eye on something regarding the business. I think we're really blessed. It means that we do have really good sense of flow. We are really good at doing this together. It also means that it's kind of a curveball, at least for me. I'm really not used to us disagreeing on on something. This is a big picture thing. I'm not going to get into details because we're still ironing this out. But that we were not in agreement. And it's it's added this, yeah, this level of stress and discussion. And, you know, it's kind of, it's hard. And of course, it's a, it's a dream come true to work with the people that you love. We get to spend time every day. We get to make our own hours. I uh, can't imagine what our lives would be like. Imagine if we had regular jobs, which of course, you know, such a huge part of the population does, where you say bye in the morning, you go off to an office working for someone else, and then that person decides a lot, big piece of your life, right? And we have this big blessing where we set our own hours and if the baby's sick or we need to turn things around that we can make a shift at, you know, the drop of a hat at any point of the day. We spend so much time with our daughter thanks to this beautiful blessing of the fact that we run our own business. But it also means that we have these challenges where at the end of the day, you know, we are in charge. And when we have to make tough decisions, that's on him and me. <laughs> and there's no one else to blame when things don't work out the way we wanted them to. And it's just yeah, sometimes can be a, a lot to do this work together. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. Right now is a very busy and blessed time in my life. Between this book launch, the launch of Yoga Girl Foundation, raising my baby, nourishing my relationship with my husband, and working to get really healthy, it has been an action-packed year. I am so happy that I have so many parts of my life that I love, but this schedule doesn't really leave a lot of time for making extravagant breakfasts in the morning. For really busy days, I love to set myself up for success the night before so that there's a nourishing and delicious breakfast already waiting for me in the morning. A breakfast that I love to make is a bowl of overnight chia and quinoa. I use cooked quinoa and then I mix it with chia seeds and some almond milk. And then in the morning when I wake up, it's ready to go. I add some mulberries, goji berries, coconut butter. Of course, I use Bob's Red Mill organic chia seeds and Bob's Red Mill organic quinoa grain. It is absolutely delicious and takes no time to prepare. Did you know that Bob's Red Mill quinoa is a complete protein and a good source of dietary fiber? It's naturally gluten-free, vegan, organic, and now whole grain. I can't get enough of it at any meal. Bob's Red Mill is a company that really cares about where their products come from, how they're processed, and how families like yours and mine actually enjoys them. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yogagirl to check out their awesome products and recipes and enter for a chance to win some fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. 
The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts. I have been lately craving, and this is also, I don't know where this comes from. It might, I might feel differently in a week, but I have been craving, I've been, I've, I have had some island fever. Someone was asking me the other day, what's island fever? Island fever is, you know, when you live on an island, the island gets really small after a while and you just start to itch like, oh my God, I need to get off this island. Like that's island fever. And I very rarely feel that way. I don't really like traveling a lot anymore. I just want to be home. I love our home. I love our place. I love our garden, our family life. Everything we have at home is beautiful. And over the past couple of weeks, I've had this itch to, to, to move. And I don't know if that comes as a response to the fact that we are struggling in some areas and sometimes when something isn't working well, I'm really good at like, okay, let's just, let's just do something else. Like, let's just move on. Like, you know, I come to a new idea, a new project, a new thing to kick off and like, let's, let's change things up instead of maybe slowing down and kind of getting into the nitty gritty of like, okay, let's fix what the issue is, which is more Dennis's style. But I've been dreaming of, of the forest. <laughs> I've been dreaming of the forest. I've been dreaming of trees, of nature. Aruba, of course, you know, we have amazing, best beaches and ocean in the whole world. It's gorgeous being here. But other than that, it's a desert island. So, and I've been missing this lushness of, of Swedish forests and like hugging a tree, like being outside in nature, immersed in nature in a way that isn't, you know, in the hot sun on the beach. And I haven't had that feeling, I think, ever, that feeling of really, mm. and I've been talking to Olivia and Patrick, our best friends who live in Sweden every day. And they're like, okay, it's, is it today? Are you going to move? Are you going to move? And it's not like, you know, we want to move from Aruba. That's not really the uh, where I'm heading. But I, I would love to spend some time in Sweden, some undisturbed, unrushed, like really calm time in Sweden, which we haven't haven't done in a, long, in a really long time. But then... I, I learned a new word the other day, an immediatist. Have you guys heard that word ever? Uh, that is 100% who I am. An immediatist is someone who needs things done immediately <laughs> and who likes to see everything happen immediately. That is 100% me. I have no patience. I don't like to wait for things. I don't want things to take a long time. When I want something, I want to do it now. So of course, you know, I had one week of like, oh, you know, I kind of want to get off Aruba. And I'm like, Dennis, we should like go look, get an apartment in Sweden right now. <laughs> Let's like figure this out. Let's go to Sweden and spend Christmas there. And he's like, what? Like we have plans for Christmas. We never spend Christmas out of Aruba. Like we have this whole thing. And of course this has become like an added, added layer of discussion to our already existing, pre-existing challenging discussion that we're moving through. But the thing is this, I was doing this, this exercise the other day. I don't know if it's something that you've ever, you've ever done, but envisioning your life one year from now. Well, let's do this together. It's actually really interesting. So looking at your life, the way your life is exactly in this moment. So your work life, your family life, the way you live, everything you have going on, your health, your well-being, all of it. Imagining yourself in exactly one year from now. So today's date, but 2020, one year from now. What would you feel like if you were in the same place? What would you feel like if 
the circumstances and the life situation you were in was exactly the same. Of course, not exactly by detail, but in the big picture, right? Business-wise, you're in the same place. Family-wise, you're in the same place. Your well-being. How 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 does that resonate in your body? Feeling into that, like being in the in the same place you are now in a year from now. Of course, if you're in an awesome place in your life, you might feel like, oh, amazing. I would love to feel this level of well-being a year from now. I would love for my business to be going the way it's going a year from now. I would love to, you know, if you're in a challenging place, you might feel, holy shit, if I'm still here in a year, oh my God, terror. <laughs> I'm in this place of, I have a lot of really great and epic things. And then some things are challenging as with anybody, but I did this exercise of just really when you get to envision yourself and maybe write about it a little bit, you know, what would that feel like? Where I had this feeling of just looking at my life in Aruba going like, <gasps> I don't want to be in Aruba a year from now. And it was a shock. It was absolutely a shock to me, to feel that way, because I've been here for 10 years, I've never felt like that before, that absolute feeling of like, I don't want to be here a year from now. And then I inquired a little bit deeper into that, well, what is it that needs to change? Like, it's not the island, nothing's wrong with the island, it's a beautiful island, it's not the community, it's a beautiful community, it's not our house, our home, it's this feeling that I have, (laughs) it's this feeling that I have of feeling stagnant, I guess. This feeling I have of, of, of being stuck. Yeah, that's, that's what the feeling is. The feeling I have of being stuck. And that's what's, when I envision myself, you know, being in Aruba a year from now, it's like, ooh, that, that would be a step backward. At least it would be not moving forward. And I feel like, so why do I feel like moving forward is leaving Aruba, right? Where I've never had that as a plan before. And having this conversation with my beautiful, dear, sweet husband, who for as long as we've been married has always wanted to live in Sweden, move to Sweden, spend long-term time in Sweden, all of a sudden went like, holy shit, what? <laughs> like I dropped a bomb in his lap, you know, the idea of, of, of maybe I don't want to be in Aruba. And, you know, we don't really have anything in Sweden as as of right now. You know, we don't have a house, we don't have a home. Of course, we have family. Okay, I just made up a huge huge lie. We have family in Sweden. We have friends in Sweden. We even have a headquarters of our business in Sweden. But what I mean is when it comes to having something in Sweden, what would improve our lives? I guess that's the question I mean. We have so much in Aruba. We have so much, so many beautiful things. There's a huge piece of well-being that sits here for us. So why would that change moving to Sweden? I don't think it would. And I did this practice and I got to this place of, okay, Nothing's wrong with Aruba. It's not my circumstances that aren't good. There's something inside of me where I feel stuck, right? It's not Aruba making me stuck. It's not Sweden being some solution to some problem that I'm trying to figure out. It's that inside of myself, emotionally, you know, I feel stuck. And that was a big, big realization to have. Like, I love doing this kind of self-inquiry work and it's so easy, yeah, it's so, so, so easy. Just finding a topic, meditating on that, journaling on that, inquiring within yourself around that. And then suddenly, oh, I realized something new about myself, right? And that realization of, oh, I actually feel inside of myself, I feel stuck. Well, what is what is that? Where is that coming from? It's been a while since I did something for myself. It has been a while, pretty long time since I did any kind of retreat for myself, um, since I did any kind of training for myself, since I took time out of my life, you know, for my personal development, for my own emotional healing. It's been a long time since I did that. So yeah, 
of course I feel stuck. <laughs> you know, I spend a lot of time um, moving forward in these material ways and within our different businesses and projects and, you know, launching new things, thing after thing after thing. And then I don't spend nearly enough time doing that same work inside of myself or giving me, myself and my heart that same kind of space, time, energy. So the problem or the, <laughs> so the solution to my problem actually isn't making some big drastic life change and maybe you're just like me like something isn't 100% right and then you look around like oh my god I have to fix something <laughs> raise of hands like who who does that you, you come across something that doesn't feel good something that feels like a problem you feel stuck something isn't right and then you immediately launch yourself into this new project I do that oftentimes with and if I don't have a business project that I'm like you know knee deep in that I can get into the nitty gritty of it, then I, I look around my house and I'm like, hmm, what room needs renovating? <laughs> and I did that the other week. We have this terrible, we call it the pantry. It's a fake pantry <laughs> because it hasn't really been a pantry because we also had a washer and dryer in there. We had all of our cleaning products in there and we also had food. Like it's like this terrible room that's supposed to be a pantry, but it isn't. So we call it the fake pantry, the pantry. And I just like came home. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot live with this room anymore <laughs> so I started this whole project out of the blue without you know thinking it through at all of moving the washer and dryer outside moving all of our cleaning stuff outside which meant drawing new water lines I had to get a handyman over to draw new water lines and gas lines through the wall of the house that shit was no easy feat like we needed a new drainage system, putting up new shelves. We had to build this little like roof thing over it so that it wouldn't get messed up with the rain, all this stuff. And then like I finished that project, organized everything. Now it's a proper pantry with a P. And then I th I, I'm expecting this feeling of completion, right? I'm expecting to feel this sense of, hmm, the sense of calm, the sense of order, the sense of accomplishment, but I don't feel it, right? I don't feel it. And why don't I feel it? Well, it's because... I didn't solve the problem. I just found another little project to fix, right? I didn't go into the heart of, of what's actually bothering me or the heart of what feels unordered or what feels unsettled, which is inside of myself. But instead I look outside of myself and I try to find these material things to put in order or material things to fix or a new project to kind of escape into. And I can see this pattern that I have of, you know, feeling unsettled for whatever reason, and then diving headfirst into something new as a means to fix that, which of course doesn't fix anything, which all it does is, is add another level or another layer of things I am doing, right? It adds more doing to me instead of adding more being to my life. And, you know, and I, I don't think it's a terrible thing to have if you have this kind of pattern in your life. At the end of the day, we now have a beautiful pantry where all of our food is super organized. And, you know, it's bringing me some sort of peace every day that I can cook and I know where all the food goes and it's not mixed with, <laughs> with cleaning products anymore. So, of course, it's not like it's a terrible, terrible thing, but it's not fixing the core of my problem, whatever that problem is. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast conversations from the heart. 
we are all on our own health journeys, just trying to feel our very best. I know personally, my own journey has brought me to interesting places this past year. The foods I eat have changed for the time being, and I've had to adapt and learn a lot of lessons. And sometimes it's just really challenging for me to prepare healthy meals that also taste really good. For my listeners in the US, eating better doesn't have to be boring or bland. Just check out Sakara. Sakara makes organic, ready-to-eat meals with nutritious and delicious plant-based ingredients that are designed to help you feel like your best self. Their meals are specifically designed to enhance your energy, improve digestion, and make you feel great in your body. And the menu of chef-created dishes changes weekly, so you'll never get bored. When you order Sakara's meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner are delivered right to your door, ready to eat anywhere in the US. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and more. Wherever you are on your health journey, Sakara is there to help. Right now, Sakara is offering my listeners $60 off of your first order when you go to sakara.com slash yoga girl. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash yoga girl to get $60 off of your first order. Sakara.com slash yoga girl. And out of all of these things that have been going on lately, all of these things, this book, this book tour, this business personal issue me and Dennis are having right now, There's three creative projects that I am knee deep in that I will be able to share in a little while, but not just yet. All this stuff happening. And then out of everything, and this was a nice reflection for me to do, out of all of these things, what actually is bringing me a level of peace? What is what is helping me feel ordered and centered inside of myself? And the one answer to that, this crystal clear, is Yoga Girl Foundation. We launched Yoga Girl Foundation a couple of days ago. If you follow me on social media, on Instagram, I'm sure you followed along. We did a a big launch party at the studio. And yes, this is a lot of work. I'll, I'll share a little bit more in a second. But there's something about this project that's different from everything else because it brings me a sense of peace. Yeah, it brings me a sense of calm. And that is, a, I think, a really important thing for all of us to remember that whenever we feel like we're drowning in stuff, whenever we feel unsettled or unhappy, a really beautiful way to turn that around is to look up and away from our own shit, <laughs> to look up and away from our own day-to-day stuff. We This is just the reality of the human condition. We are, all of us, are very self-centered I am very self-centered. I can get very stuck in, you know, what I am doing and what's happening in my world and what's happening in my business and la 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 la, my family, my this and that. You know, we are we are human beings. It's it's very normal. But whenever we are moving through something that's challenging us, the best way to shift out of that space is to look up and then realize there's a whole wide world out there of other people who are who are you know, living completely different realities than you are. And that thing that's making you complain a lot right now, or that thing that isn't feeling good, or the thing that you're trying to settle in your life, understanding other people's life scenarios, or just opening your eyes to other people's realities is going to make that issue shrink immediately, immediately. It's going to gain you some perspective, right? It's going to direct your awareness toward the things that you have in your life that are actually working as opposed to being really stuck and focused on the things that aren't. And launching Yoga Girl Foundation for me, it's been two years of of work and almost, you know, we've worked on it for so long now, for so long. It's two years, November 2017, so almost exactly two years November 2017, I decided to launch this foundation, that this is the direction we're going to go. 
And it's been two years of work and now the foundation is officially launched and live and, you know, people are donating and we have a website and we have a project that we're moving toward all of that. That's how long that took for, for an immediate, immediatist, <laughs> immediatist as myself. That's pretty, pretty impressive to have a project kind of idling, right? Or, or happening behind the scenes for that amount of time before launching. And Yoga Girl Foundation is a foundation centered around helping women and children that have suffered through abuse, trauma, poverty, neglect, anything that's challenging, you know, making growth really, really, really hard to find. Two years ago, I have a podcast episode about this. I don't recommend you listen to it because it's horrible. <laughs> Not the podcast per se, but this the story of what happened here in Aruba. I'll share, I'll share it very, very briefly now without getting into the hard stuff. But a five-year-old boy was brought into the emergency room here on the island by his own mom. She said that he had fallen at the playground and he was complaining that he was in pain. And he had, when he, they took him in, they discovered he had the, the extent of his injuries were just inexplicable. He had been, uh, he had bones that had been broken for months, right? Not tended to. He had been basically tortured his whole life and died the next day by the extent of his injuries and when this was uncovered all of a sudden they realized that this and this is 15 minutes from my house this this family lived 15 minutes away from where I live when this un all was uncovered of course it became this huge thing in the press people could not believe and it was because it was so gritty right it was so awful so un unspeakably awful what happened to him and it was all over the press and then they realized at his his daycare that uh, oh he has a little brother but he hasn't been here for a while. And there had been no follow-up <laughs> whatsoever. He just stopped showing up. I think the parents said that he's sick, not feeling well, and he stopped coming to school. And uh, there was no follow-up. There was no, no one, you know, went to his house. There was no, no action taken from there. And, you know, the whole island had, I think, three days where the whole island was looking for him. He was missing, missing, missing. And after three days, they found him buried in the back of his parents' house. So he had actually passed away from his injuries. He was three years old. He had passed away from his injuries before his older brother. So these two boys lived in this horrific reality, right? Their whole lives from, from being born was just unspeakably horrific. And this unearthed in Aruba, this massive issue of child abuse, massive, massive, massive issue of child abuse that isn't spoken about that isn't talked about, that isn't in the media, that isn't, you know, public knowledge. And it's a combination of several things. One, it's really hard to talk about. It's really hard to, I'm sure just me telling this abbreviated light version of the story, I'm sure it's hard to listen to for you. I'm sorry if it is. And I'm also grateful that you are listening because it's important that you listen. Two, living on a small island, everybody knows everybody, right? Everyone knows every family. So there's been, you know, for forever, for, for decades, for, like I'm thinking, centuries, this idea that, you know, whatever, whenever something terrible is unearthed, that you keep it to yourself, right? You don't want to shame another family. Everybody knows everybody. So there's always someone who has some connection to someone else. And there's this mentality of sweeping everything under the rug, even by mental health professionals, even at the hospital, even by the police, because that's how small this community is. 
And sometimes that has happened on behalf of the children. There's been this idea that, you know, this child is going to grow up living in this small community. You don't want that child to carry the stigma of having been abused, right? Or having grown up in an abusive home because everybody knows everything. It's impossible to keep things contained in such a small community. But what that has done is it's kept this cycle of abuse ongoing forever. It doesn't end. So this happened in November. I shared about it in social media. I cried myself to sleep I think for three weeks easily oh my god okay I, I yeah I yeah this is oh, fucking shit but I think about these boys like I think about them I see their faces I had their picture as my screensaver for for months on my phone I just I can talk about the situation you know like this is the reality and broad strokes and that's okay I can share that and not fall apart but I can't think about them you know these little boys I can't because then I fall apart and then I can't continue this fucking podcast so (laughs) it is a really hard thing to talk about And the fact of the matter is that this is something that's really common in every country of this world. It's common in Sweden. We have this idea in Sweden that it's this perfect country, one of the best countries in the world. It's estimated that three kids in every class is sexually abused at home. In Sweden, in the United States, four children die from child abuse every day, every day. And 70% of those kids are under the age of three. Four kids every day in the US. It's, it's, it's a problem that exists everywhere. And it's a problem that's, you know, way bigger than just one single case. But what happened for me when, when this kind of became apparent, it became this huge thing in the media, I didn't know. Right? I spent 10 years in Aruba focusing all of my service work on animals here. You know, I have Sgt. Pepper's Friends. It's now the biggest animal rescue organization in Aruba. We founded that from scratch. We have an animal shelter. We focus on the animals because I didn't know. <laughs> I felt almost like, man, how have I spent so much time pouring money, time, energy, awareness, social media posts, all this stuff about the animals. And then there's kids dying on this island 15 minutes away from my house. And, you know, of course, you know, as a sole human being, I'm not responsible for this, but I have a lot of influence. I have a lot of power. I have a lot of go in me, right? A lot of drive in me to make a change. And, you know, immediately I decided, okay, you know, we need to do something now. We need to help these kids. We need to find out what the reality of this of the situation is, not just in Aruba, but also in Sweden, also in other places of the world. And it turns out the reality is way worse than I could have, than I could have possibly ever imagined. So the reason it took us so long to launch this foundation, Yoga Girl Foundation, the point of it for me is for everything that Yoga Girl does. Yoga Girl as me, you know, me as a person, Yoga Girl as the brand, Yoga Girl the community, Yoga Girl the platform. Everything we do, you know, whether it's retreats and programs or, you know, Instagram posts or if we release products or events, like whatever it is that we do within the Yoga Girl platform, everything needs to be leaning or moving towards Yoga Girl Foundation, that every single thing we do 
has a purpose, right? Everything. So we decided to immediately, or I decided to immediately to donate 10% of every single, everything, every product that we sell, every shirt we sell, every retreat we do, every teacher training we do, immediately goes to Yoga Girl Foundation to help kids in need. And we added women in there because the mothers are often in these situations so, so, so often, very rarely. I mean, we know women are very rarely perpetrators, but very often also victims in these situations. And it took us two years to get to a place of actually being able to launch because one, there's no statistics to be found when we started. We've done 153 interviews with 153 professionals on this tiny little island, right? There's tiny little island. There's only 25,000 children here. 153 people to actually understand the scope of the problem. There's no census being done around this. There's no, uh, you know, analytics. There's no data collection. Nobody actually knows or has known on this big scale how bad it is. So it's been entirely possible for a child to end up at the hospital with really severe injuries. And then they have already been to some social worker. They've already been seeing a psychologist. They've already been uh, at the police station, but these entities don't work together. So there's no, there's been no way to keep track of, you know, what each child already has been through. What's the scope? And that's what happened with these two boys that passed away. They had been seeing a social worker. They were aware that there was a problem in this family. There had been neighbors and family extended family that had had suspicions that something wasn't right obviously and that had alerted authorities and they were taken away from their home put in the orphanage for a weekend a weekend and then they were put back and no one ever followed up ever (laughs) ever no one ever followed up and then they both died Right. So the the problem in Aruba, it's not just that this is a, you know, the extent of the issue is huge, but that there it's a mess. It's a huge mess. There's amazing professionals on the island, super dedicated to wanting to help and be of service, but it's a huge mess and it's not working. Right. And there's no protocol put in place. There's not enough funds put in place from the government. There's not enough focus put in place by the government to fix this. So it took us a really long time to gather all the information thoroughly and then to decide on a project. First, we thought, okay, we're going to open an orphanage if that's the thing. You know, those boys were sent home because there wasn't space at the orphanage. We went into that and then learned a lot about, you know, how orphanages work and how, yeah, it's not a solution to any problem, but rather a really, really, really challenging and last resort type band-aid put on a put on, on a huge issue so we, we moved away from that and you know we, we um, were thinking for a while we were going to open a community center to try to catch children that may be may be under or you know currently suffering from abuse but nobody knows and have that community center staffed by professionals you know who are trained in recognizing trauma and things like that but then at the end of the day we settled on what the whole island agrees on is the most urgent thing that needs to happen now and that is a family justice center so that is the first project the yoga girl foundation is embarking on right now when it's uncovered that a child has suffered abuse here in Aruba, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but here in Aruba, the child will see on average 22 different people in different institutions, meaning that, you know, they have to go to the hospital for a thorough 
physical examination and they have to go to the police station and at the police station they have to do a big investigation in a in a special room that is you know used for evidence in court later they have to go see a psycho different kinds of psychologists and counselors and therapists they have to see different kinds of social workers they have to get legal aid and then you know so this process of for the child of having to repeat the story of what happened again and again and again and again and again it means they have to relive this trauma again and again and again and oftentimes the child is so traumatized by the end that the story that they end up telling the 10th time is not the same story they told the first second third time so at the end of the day it gets really hard for any of this to hold up in court as evidence and you know very few of these cases actually ever even make it to court and when they do it's you know it's basically a unicorn <laughs> that an actual perpetrator ends up uh, being put in prison for what they did. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So what a family justice center is, it's a one-stop safe place designed with all of these institutions together with them. So the family justice center will have an examination room for the doctors and the nurses to come to this place. And it's set up exactly the way the hospital needs it to be. The Family Justice Center has its own interrogation room designed by the police in exactly the same way it is at the police station with cameras set up in the right angles in accordance with the law and all the procedures that have to happen. It has a, a room for the social workers and the psychologists and and all of this is designed with the child's best interest in mind. So that when, you know, we find out that this child has been suffering abuse, the child goes to one place and it's a safe place. And it's a place that's staffed by, by warm, loving people who look at the child first, right? Who are not, you know, with, a, with the interest of, of the procedure only or the interest of, of, of following and ticking all the boxes of everything that has to happen after this has, has, has been uncovered, but actually with the looking of the child. Yeah, hopefully this will you know completely change the reality of the children that have already suffered through horrendous things and make it easier for all of these professionals to actually gather the evidence needed, right? And for, for this to not have to be this never-ending procedure of, of going to 22 different institutions and for this child to have to relive this trauma again and again, but for this to be a safe space and for us to hold these children's hands every step of the way, all the way to receiving justice, right? Because there is no justice for these kids and these kids don't have a voice to speak up for themselves and we need to speak for them. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. We all want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. But even when we try really hard, we're still most likely not getting all of the essential nutrients we need on a daily basis. A great multivitamin to help you get all of those important nutrients may be the perfect supplement. One that I really love is Ritual. Rituals Essentials is the obsessively researched vitamin for women. And the part I love the best is all the nutrients are in their cleanest, most absorbable forms. There are no shady additives or ingredients at all. In the morning with breakfast, I take two easy to swallow capsules and I'm provided with nine nutrients needed to support a strong foundation for my health. Ritual is traceable and transparent in more ways than one. The super cool oil in beadlet design is completely see-through and for obsessive label readers like myself, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free and allergen-free ingredients and all of their sources are 100% out there for the whole world to see on their website. I actually had a lot of fun looking up everything that was in the multivitamin I took every morning. If you want to try it out, Ritual is subscription-based. For $1 a day, Ritual is delivered right to your door, no strings attached. Keep on top of your health and start a new Ritual today. 
Better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash yoga girl to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Wow, okay, I'm really fired up talking about this, you guys can tell. But if you want to learn more about the foundation, please go to yogagirlfoundation.com. One, it's a beautiful website. We have so much heart, so much work put into this website. The cause, it's a really, really, really important cause. And we need to raise funds right now. That's literally our number one only objective and we're doing this work together with all of these institutions we're doing it together with the with the government together with the ministry of social affairs together with the ministry of justice and public health but what we need right now is funds we have uh, no funding from the government yet hoping to receive some soon but it's not going to be enough to finish this project so we need you Uh, If you work for a big corporation, you know, many, many big companies have to offset taxes at the end of each year and actually give great charitable donations and contributions to different causes. If you work for a big corporation, please put in a good word for us. Say, hey, I know this amazing cause doing something really beautiful. And the thing about Aruba being small is that this is a manageable project. We can actually create it start to finish and then have this make a huge impact for the kids that need it so much. So yeah, and of course, if you want to donate, please donate. If you can give $5, give $5. Anything you can give makes a huge change. We are also accepting ambassadors. So if you're great at fundraising, at rallying people, at rallying behind causes, you can become an ambassador for the foundation and help us in that way. There's a tons of ways to be of service right now. You can just share the website, share the cause, speak it out loud, you know, help us spread the word because... Yeah, I'm really hoping to make as big of a difference for as many children as possible. And Yoga Girl Foundation is a global foundation. We're based in Sweden right now, but this is our first project. So we are going to have other projects in other places as well in other countries and expand as we grow. So this is the first one. After this, you know, many other things will come too. But yeah, thanks for listening, (laughs) especially if it's hard to listen to. I really appreciate you taking the time and sticking with this story and listening to this because it's really important that you do but um getting back to the track that led me to tell you about this whole foundation out of all the things that is happening right now at least in my life the this foundation is the one piece that that brings me peace right even though it's such a horrible and horrendous issue that we're battling Something about putting the wheels in motion and birthing this into the world, even though it's an unbelievable amount of work, right? And for some people, the idea of nonprofit works feels really, really strange. And, you know, how, how do you make that work at the end of the day? And you have other things. And of course, you have to focus on the things that put food on the table and la la la. But honestly, doing this kind of service work, it's, it's one of very, very, very few things that makes me feel absolutely purposeful in this world. I mean, 100%. And you have the ability to be of service in that similar way. And no, not everyone is going to spend, you know, two years learning everything there is to learn about child abuse and then launching a foundation, you know, and, and a huge project. That's a really big endeavor. And I can do that because of where I am right now and the team that I have. But you, as a human being, wherever you are, you have the ability to make a change in this world. I fucking promise you that. And having that as an anchor as you move through life, 
as something you come back to again and again, the same way, you know, same way you come back to this podcast, the same way you come back to your yoga practice, the same way you come back to your meditation practice, the same way you come back to those tools that you have in your life that that you use to, to find balance. Service should be one of those tools. It's, it's an epic one, an epic one, because one, you're doing something good for the world, right? Whether that's volunteering your time or donating money or being an activist, talking about a, talking about a cause, marching for something, you know, doing something, not just sharing Facebook posts here and there, but like doing something, really doing something. Um, it's going to do something great for the world, you know, something really important for the world. And also it's going to put you in this place where you are feeling purposeful and feeling purposeful. Oh man, it's important. It's so important. It's so, so, so important. So especially if you are in that place of uh, like where I've been this week of feeling like there's problems and issues and I'm unsettled and, and I have this urge, like, I'm going to sell my house and move to another country. <laughs> or, you know, you're trying to look for projects to fix this feeling of being unsettled. Like immediately after this podcast ends, look around you, find a way to be of service right now. Being of service could be something that you do in your local community where you just help people, right? I promise you there are shelters out there that need volunteers right now. I promise you there's organizations that need help in terms of actual work, but also in terms of in terms of people being able to donate their their qualities and their expertise. You know, maybe you have an expertise in something, you work in a field where you have knowledge that you can give to an organization that needs that as help, right? Maybe you don't have you don't have that. Maybe you don't have expertise, maybe you don't have time you have money, give your goddamn money, (laughs) whatever you have to give, give it. Yeah. And not to the extent that it drains you, but to the extent that it fills you and only, you know, exactly where that line is drawn. Right. But we should all have some component of service infused into our lives every day. Trust me when I say this, you guys can hear how I started this podcast, right? Low, sad, just sat on the couch crying, don't know what's going on with my life, don't know if I should, you know, fix this, fix that. And then I start talking about this cause that I feel passionate about, right? About helping kids in need. And all of a sudden now I'm in this totally different energy right now. You can hear it in my voice. I'm like ready to end this podcast and get out there and be of service and do good, right? And I know now that, of course, whatever problems I have in life, they're all valid, but there's bigger things at play than me, right? There's a bigger purpose out there. There's a whole big universe out there. It's not just me and my life and my problems, right? It's our whole community, our whole world. We are in this together. So do what you can for your sake and for the sake of this world. We need you. We really do. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in today. This was kind of a weird podcast. I appreciate the fuck out of you listening and sticking with me and breathing with me and meditating with me and being of service with me. I hope to practice yoga with you in person. So if you're in Miami, Chicago, LA, San Francisco, come practice with me. We have a two hour practice. Of course, we're going to cry together. (laughs) We're going to laugh together. You're going to make new friends. Bring your mat, your journal, and your notebook. If you're on the East Coast and you want to come to some book events, I'll be next week all over the East Coast if you want to come give me a hug in person. If not, if you're somewhere else, maybe further away geographically, I'll be back on this podcast, of course, next week. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I love you. (laughs) I really do. I'll see you next week.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart. You can find them all on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Transferwise, Bob's Red Mill, Sakara, and Ritual. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.